checking in with us this afternoon on 1061 ESPN here in Richmond in the capital city. Bob Black with you here. Matt Joseph's co-hosting till about 5 o'clock this afternoon. AJ producing. All right, first segment, as I mentioned, purposely avoided the NFL and the Washington Commanders because I knew the guest we had coming up here in this segment, and we're going to dive into everything Washington Commanders and their season-opening win over Arizona. Nikki Jabvala from the Washington Post joins us this afternoon. Hello, Nikki. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing great. Thanks for spending a little bit of time with us today. And let me start here because I really felt strongly about this. Um, for the commander's sake, I understand there were turnovers. I understand there were a lot of quarterback sacks. I know it was way too close for comfort. But the bottom line of any game, would you agree they had to win this one? No matter how ugly it possibly looked, you can correct all that other stuff later. But you had to get this win over a bad Arizona team in game one of the Josh Harris era. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I was really worried there for a minute that they might not win. And that would have been, I don't want to say disastrous, but it would not have been great. Um <laughs> I, I think they went into it hoping to dominate. Um, definitely didn't do that, but yeah, just getting a win of any sort is 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 good for them. All right. So of all the negative things that I mentioned, and I'm not trying to be negative, and don't think I normally am, but of all of those mm-hmm. things, where does the immediate initial most improvement need to come? And I think we're talking almost exclusively offensively. Yeah, I mean, I the defense won that game, obviously. I think, listen, Sam Howell has only started two games. I, I thought he played actually pretty well, given his limited experience, you know, and I, I see that just in he hasn't seen a lot of things on the field, and he's a smart guy, and he puts in the work. So the more he sees, the easier the better it will be. And I thought he showed an, actually a, a good number of positives. Um, I actually thought two of the biggest weakest areas weakest areas were still the offensive line um you know not all the sacks were on the on the line i don't want to blame them for all of them some of them were on sam um but i just thought the protection was a little spotty in some areas um and i'm still worried about the depth there you know one injury and that could change you know the the outlook for the for the entire line really they're really banking on that that starting five and there's still i'd say the right side is still a bit weaker than the left um and then the tight ends you know, and and they're they're sound players. I think they're just knocking some rust off. But Logan Thomas didn't have his greatest day, that's for sure. Um, they just need to be better blockers for one, and then catch the ball. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think I think the biggest issues were team wide issues. You know, protect the ball. You can't be fumbling the ball. Antonio Gibson, you know, he has a history of fumbling. You can't be doing that in the red zone. Um, Got to protect the ball at all costs. Um, and just pay attention to details, which is something they've been harping on throughout the entire uh, preseason and training camp. So I, I think they'll work through some of these some of these kinks, but it may just take a little time. What did you make of the run pass ratio, especially early? It felt like uh, it, uh, that they were leaning heavily on the pass when we heard so much in the off season that this wants to be a, a run based team. Yeah, I mean this offense is is a pass first offense. It's what it is. Um, you know this is. I know there was a, a lot made of it in the offseason, and I think Ron and Martin regret going there because, first of all, there is no such thing as a two-to-one run-pass ratio. I think one team in, like, the last 60 years has achieved such a thing. Um, 
So, I mean, this is the pass first offense. Now, they're not going to be throwing the ball as much as the Chiefs because they don't have the same quarterback as the Chiefs. Um, but the running backs are much more involved in the passing game. I do think they need to figure out what the identity of their backs are going to be in this offense. And I don't know that they have yet. I don't know that Brian Robinson fully knows how he fits in this offense. And I, I don't want to speak for him. It's not like that. It's just this is not the same personnel that the Chiefs have, so you can't expect it to be completely the same. Um, but it is not a run first by any means. Um, it was never going to be a run first, not when you bring in Eric Bieniemy. Yes, it's a West Coast system, and there are some concepts um, that, I guess you could say, enhance the run, but it's a pass-first offense. The league is pass-first at this point. Um, but they, I do think they need to find more ways to get Brian Robinson involved and use – his strengths. I mean, he's a power back. He is a strong back. He can, you know, drag six defenders with him um, for an extra 10 yards. So I, I think they really need to get him involved more. Well, along those same lines, what did you think of the usage for Chris Rodriguez and Antonio Gibson? I mean, obviously, they really like Antonio Gibson. They want to do a lot of things with him, but he had three carries and so did Chris. Right. Yeah, no, I know. And I, I that one run where you're. Uh, Antonio Gibson fumbled. I, why was that not Brian Robinson's? That's what I did. You're in the, in the red zone. Why is that not Brian Robinson? That was the one question I had. Um, I think we could see a bit more of Chris Rodriguez. I, the plan going into the season was to get A.G. out in space more. It's something he's been lobbying for, and this is the right offense to do it, just given his receiver background. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I think they're going to this, – this year all around is sort of, you know – a testing ground. You know, everybody's kind of trying out for their jobs with new ownership and they're transitioning to a new offense, new play caller, and some things are going to work and a lot of things aren't. And they're going to figure it out, hopefully. So, Nikki, let me uh, follow up, kind of piggyback on what Matt was asking offensively. In general, then, what was your overall analysis of Eric Bieniemy, what he did, how he handled mm-hmm. it in his first regular season game as the Commanders OC? Yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was okay. I thought more of the mistakes were on the players and the play callers. I know it's hard to kind of separate the two when you're watching. Um, I guess I'd say my only, not really a gripe was, I felt like he got a little too conservative in the second half. Um, but I could also understand the reasonings given their turnover. I, I think both sides are trying to feel each other out. Um, you know, I think they're going to kind of work through some issues and kind of figure out what both sides do best. So, um I wasn't upset by the play calling by any means. I didn't come away frustrated like I did, you know, multiple times over the last couple of years and not to compare the OCs. But I, I think there was that feeling like, why the heck are they doing this right now? You know, mm-hmm. I didn't come away feeling that based on, you know, their play Sunday. Um, but they, they got to be more focused on the details, truly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, on the defensive side where this game was certainly won, Sunday mm-hmm. uh, pretty much as advertised, right? Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Montez yeah. Sweat kind of took matters into their own hands, didn't they? Literally. Yeah, literally. Um, yeah, they had this three-play sequence that just really turned the game on its head um, and just took it over. And Montez Sweat had a great line after. I mean, this is, this is, what, they're ex- this is what they expect to do, given they have – three, sometimes four first-rounders on that starting line. Um, the bar is high for that group. And, you know, now that they're, what, four years in of playing together, five years almost, um, you know, they're, they're really starting 
to get it. You know, this is their fourth year in Del Rio's system. So you can you can tell where that familiarity and, of course, the talent and size um, is really working for them. And to have the depth and the playmakers on the back end, too, of course, it only helps. One more, and then we'll move on to um... – to next week to to Denver, which I know you're excited mm-hmm. about. We'll get to that <laughs> as well. Uh, overall atmosphere, vibe, kind of scene set, to borrow a broadcast phrase, Nikki, of what FedEx was like and have they really, you know, turned the page and moved on now with a sellout crowd on opening day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought it, it felt totally different. Um, you know, the, the crowd was involved. When the defense came through in the second half, they got reinvolved. They kind of got quiet there for a bit when the when the team was in a lull. But it was a completely different environment. You had so many alumni come back, many of whom who hadn't been back in years, like Rigo and RG three. Um, so it, it was it was great. It's you know had that feel. I hate to make this comparison because it's it's not the same, obviously, but it had that feel with the fans there more like RFK. So it was it was a fun atmosphere. Now, have they turned the corner? I think it's way too premature to say that. I think this is that was a great start for fan turnout. Um, but you got to have that consistently to say there's a turnaround and that they're back. I mean, they, you know, I don't I don't think they've come close to where they want to be in terms of season ticket holder base and things like that. So yeah, it was a great start. You know. And they sell out week three and the home games after that and do it again next season, the season after that, because that's that's a sign of a team really turning it around. So next week, it's an interesting road trip to Denver taking on the Broncos here. Obviously, it's only Tuesday, so there's injuries and things like that, injury reports. But what's your early thoughts on this game next week? Because Denver obviously coming off of uh, their game against the Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, again, where the defense has a chance to you know, really be the star of the game. Um, the offense in Denver looks somewhat improved over last year, you know, and kind of given where they were at last year, I guess the bar was set pretty low. But, you know, I think this is a game where that line really has a chance to rattle Russell Wilson and, and capitalize. I mean, the one thing they didn't do, the Broncos last, last or a few days ago, really was they couldn't get any explosive. I think they only had, like, what, two 20-yard completions, only 16 points. Um, so if they can pressure Russell Wilson, the back end comes through. I mean, that the defense has a real chance to, to capitalize on this. Um, and then on the other side, I mean, this is it. Denver's a tough place to go for any team. I mean, you're dealing with the altitude. They do pack it in in Denver, usually, no matter what. I haven't been to games, obviously, in a few years. But, you know, even when they're bad, Broncos fans pack it in. So um, it really is a true, true road game, not like going to the Chargers or anything. Um, so it, it could be a tough environment. Um, but, you know, I think they have all the pieces on the offense. You know, you look at that receiving core. If the, if the tight ends can kind of clean things up, if the if the line can hold up. And on a tangent with the line, I do think Sadiq, Sadiq Charles is, you know, a freak in all positive, you know, in any positive sense of the word, um, I, I think he's a really tremendous talent. And if he can hold up health-wise, he can be really good. Um, but I, my point, they, they do have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Um, so I it, I think it's very possible they get in. win. Will they? You know, I never know with this team. You know, it, it's just like last game. I honestly could have gone either way. So 
We'll see. It would be great if they could start 2-0, though. Hey, is this uh, is this the Nikki Bowl out here this week? Uh, for our audience <laughs> that doesn't know, Nikki covered the Denver Broncos for what, Nikki, about a, about a half dozen years or so for the Post and, yeah. and, and the Athletic, right? What what are you thinking? Yeah. What are you feeling this week? I'm just excited to go home and get a home cooked meal for my parents. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. <laughs> so, I mean, the the perks, right? Yeah. <laughs> That, that that's awesome. Uh, have a great time out there. Thank you for the uh, perspective on on week one for the Commanders. As we said, winning the game is the most important thing, and they'll start the improvements now with with week two at Denver. So greatly appreciate the time this afternoon, Nikki. You bet. Anytime, guys. All right, Nikki Jabvala from the Washington Post. Yeah, she covered the Broncos. Um, 2014 to just a couple of years ago to about 2020 or so. Didn't realize her parents were still out there, so that really will be a homecoming for her this coming week. All right, uh, let's get the break in here. Matt's with us for another half hour, 804-327-0888. If you'd like to check in with either one of us, either on the air or via text, 327-0888. Obviously, more NFL talk coming up and the whole Aaron Rodgers thing with the Achilles tendon injury, uh, all of that still to go and more college football talk as well. On the other side of the bottom of the hour break, 106.1 ESPN.